Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Dorothy, it's so good to have you on. It is amazing to see you, my friend, Drew. I mean, you've, I mean, not that I'm counting. You've already had me on your show twice. So I... Uh- I, I and that's not why I'm doing it. I I wanted you on because you are an awesome human being and you've got a story to tell, and um, no better time than the present to get down to it. So thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody, I think everybody has a story. It's just some of us are brave enough to sit, tell it, and some of us aren't. So I I agree with you. You know, the the thing is, if you're passionate about your about about what you're talking about, and your story has led you to somewhere that's going to help people. People need to hear stories. And so uh, you, you're doing it well and what you're doing, getting people to tell their story. And that's what I'm working on. So, you know, I, 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 we all know life is not linear. We didn't wake up one morning at age seven and say, I know what I want to do in my life. Or not many of us have. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have stories to tell. Go for as far back as you feel comfortable to really pinpoint that time in your life where you realized in your gut, in your heart, in your head, there's something different and I'm going for it. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, you know, looking back, the, the, the really defining moment um, when I was younger was always constantly being bullied. Right. And, and having that low self-esteem and, and not really putting myself out there because, you know, being overweight as far back as I can remember, it was always a thing. Right. And no matter, um, no matter what I tried, nothing worked. And um, really just being discouraged. And basically I was that girl that did not want to be front and center of anybody's attention and made it a point to just stick away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much to the point where, so the first guy that came along that said he loved me, I was just like, I believed him. Right. And well, that turned into my nightmare. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> no, you seriously. can laugh about it now. <laughs> Four years of verbal and mental abuse on top Jeez. of being bullied and being abused Jeez. all through school. I'm like, no, I'm surprised I'm not curled up into a ball, uh, but then not realizing actually just, just now realizing that, you know, all that led to mental health and mm-hmm. mental and and things like that and i guess yeah. that's why i'm a huge advocate today for it um but you know i guess those moments defined of where i am today right yeah. because yeah. without those moments i would not be doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. um and you know my grandfather i was the only one out of my immediate family that wanted to be an entrepreneur and my dad and my brother and my mom would all like well, I can't believe you'd want to work for yourself. You know, you should just work for somebody else for 30 years, um, you know, punch in, punch out, collect yeah. your pension at the end. But nowadays we, we don't have pensions. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, and so, you know, and I really, I don't know. I think my first business was a candle business all right. of all things, babysitting first, then candles. Right. Yeah, I used to sell uh-huh. party like candles <laughs> and, and then, you know, that just went from travel to a whole bunch of other different things that I'd done in, in my teens and early twenties. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then 
you know, but my, my parents would always say, like, well, you put too much into it. And, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not for you to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what I didn't, I didn't remember until recently was my grandfather, my dad's dad was a, an entrepreneur as well. He w- worked at Hiram Walker's in the mm-hmm. duplicating department, but uh-huh. then he also had a side hustle in the basement, right? He was a printer. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and when he died, like that, he actually donated his printing, uh, his printing press to the museum. That's how old it was. I love and, it. And That's it cool. was all right. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I'm not the only entrepreneur in no, my household. You were not. And I was just like, damn, you know, too bad. I couldn't tell that to my parents because um, my grandfather saw it. Yeah. The one that was bugging me the most didn't see it. And I mean, whatever they were trying to protect me and i'm no way slamming my parents just trying to protect me right right absolutely and and so yeah so yeah and it's funny because grandpa would always help us when i went over there we'd always go in the basement and i perforate because he used to do tickets for the legion um so i you know they have to be perforated uh, so that they could easily rip them apart. And I remember going, I don't know, I was, I don't know how young I was, but I can mm. still remember doing that or stamping them because back then, you know, he didn't have the electric uh, stamper. So right. you had to number the tickets as oh well. Oh my gosh, I love it. So right? you were an entrepreneur at such a young age and you didn't know it. You exactly. Were you were helping. I was grandpa. just helping grandpa. I was I just helping grandpa. It. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's a wonderful story. Oh, thanks. This is the first time I told it because, you know, this is uh, that's how I remember. This is the room remembering it for the first time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the, isn't that the point of telling stories because you, you jog all this stuff's in our brain and it's all covered up by other stuff. So mm-hmm. it really takes us telling our story and, and to uncover things that make us smile, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. We don't want the smiling things buried. Right. No. So, yeah. No. All right. So <laughs> young entrepreneur working her way up and. So what happened after the the candle business? Oh, friend. <laughs> you know, well, after I sold it to everybody, like my aunt was my biggest customer and her friend uh-huh. was my biggest customer. Right. My Oh, wait, next to my mother, because my mother, oh, my God, if she had one candle in the house, Drew, I think she had $10,000 worth of candles in the house at one point, oh like God. over the span. It was it, it was insane. But the, the house smelled good. Oh, yeah. Um, so from the candles, it went to, oh, financial services, which <laughs> I am not an insurance agent. Let okay. me tell you, yeah. I can't sell, I can't sell insurance, insurance to save my ass. But anyways, that's I a whole it. other topic. From um, candles to financial services. Okay. What was next? This should be good. Travel. Travel. Oh, I Yes. Yeah. I used to sell discounted travel packages, man. Those things were great. Unfortunately. Yeah. The company just went out of business this year. Oh, um, but yeah, like we could, you could have traveled the world for pennies on the dollar was their slogan. Uh, you know, cool calling my way. And I used to, of course, you know, I would buy leads back then and talk to everybody all over the world because, you know, I was in the Eastern time zone and I was speaking right. with people in the Pacifics uh, out, out in California and yeah. stuff like that, not even realizing that and I would work all hours of the day and night. My dad would come in and like, you're still working. I'm like, yes, I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but you know, in one month, I had sold three packages, which which grossed well, grossed me close to ten thousand dollars. That was the first time in my life wow. that I had ever made that kind of money 
in 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 my life in oh one my month. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know, right? That's great. Okay. And and then I don't know, I got in my head, you know, because that's what women do. We put ourselves down and, and get into our head. And I don't know what happened from there. From there, it was just like an uphill battle, you know, trying to listen to everybody else except for myself. Mm. Funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, guys, this is men do that, too, by the way, just so you know. Not just I well, <laughs> I, well, I'm, you know, well, I'm glad. But you're, you know, funny story, because when you were on my show, you had said that a men have a nothing box. And I've yeah. been using that. I've been using ah. that pretty much everywhere I go. Yes. And the guys look at me. I said, dude, this came from a man. So you can't get mad at me. But, uh -huh. you yeah. know, women overthink everything where yeah. men have a nothing box. And yeah. and so, well, glad that men overthink things too or get inside their head. But yeah, well, I yeah. mean, it's the, the difference between that. If we realize we don't want to think we have somewhere to go. We don't maybe not use it as often as we should. Where the women don't have that capacity. You guys are thinking all the time. I get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you overthought the travel business. I did. Uh, yeah. Geez. I overthought the travel business. And then, yeah, life went into a tailspin after that. Like huge, 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 huge. Um, a lot of financial ruin out of that one. <laughs> uh, but I got to travel the world. I did a lot of uh, personal development. I traveled the world following Danny Johnson. Well, okay. not the world. We'll say the United States. I'm from Canada, so I traveled. Okay. Texas is an amazing place, guys. Ever you need to go to San Antonio. Yeah, go to the Riverwalk if you've never been there. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, learned a lot about myself. Found myself in that left left the uh, abusive relationship. Good. Uh, found some amazing people at those events. Good, good. Uh, good. yeah, got myself back. You know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah. So, proud of you for working on yourself, man. A lot of people don't admit that we need help, and we do. We can't do it alone. So, so what happened after the whole traveling and Danny Johnson? You're back. You worked on yourself. What yeah. Happened? After that, oh, let me think. All right. So that took a 10 year healing journey trying to find myself. And I thought, you know, I kept saying I wanted to be married. I wanted to be married. Yeah. Uh, and so for the I then on my 40th birthday, I went on my very first missions trip. Changed my life forever. First business uh, trip. Where were you working at that no. time? Was you know, that? mission trip. Oh, mission, mission, trip. mission, mission. Yes. Ah. I had always How wanted to go to the mission field. Oh, um, okay. I have a spiritual mom that like really, she goes, as if you do anything in your life, that's one thing you got to do. Okay. So I signed up with Servant Heart Ministries and okay. I went over to Dominican Republic. Wow. And spent a week over there and just loving on kids. You know, these kids could be happy in a, they, a field full of like garbage See? Yep. um they made mm -hmm. a ball out of i don't know some garbage that was there we yeah. they play kickball yeah. i i we did skits for them mm -hmm. uh we they i sat down in the middle of the field and had all these little girls around me they were playing with my uh -huh. hair the braiding my hair uh -huh. i have pictures of that they took my phone took pictures I love uh, it. and then one of them stole my sunglasses and i had to get that back oh, um <laughs> But it was it was an amazing life changing event. That was the year mm -hmm. I turned forty. That okay. was the year my mom turned sixty. Okay. And in the middle of that week, my dad's uh, baby brother from Taiwan passed away, and so my dad was trying to get a hold of me. Oh boy. 
And so my my uncle was a missionary. My uncle spent a lot of his life. He was in the Canadian Armed Forces, and he was uh, did a lot of a lot of things with kids. He was a teacher out in Taiwan. Right. And so I decided the rest of that trip would be in his honor. I had his backpack with me uh, and and stuff like that. And uh, really, you know, when I, the smell of that that where we were at was I could just close my eyes and I could still smell it. It was okay. like they burned garbage. Yeah. So it was either you're smelling garbage or you're smelling poop or you're smelling mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. The cows are just like so disgustingly um, undernourished yeah. that it like their skin and bones. Um, yeah. You you have to go in the middle of every nowhere to um, to go to these markets and things like that. But wow. the you know these people had nothing and they were so happy. Yeah. And uh, I came back and I made a decision that I was no longer going to live with my parents after I'd been left by a uh, abusive relationship. I had moved back in with my parents and trying, you know, getting myself financially set again. And I made that decision that, okay, I'm no longer living with my parents. I'll make it work somehow. Got my first apartment when I never should have. Right. I don't know how they approved me, but they approved me. Um, And so, yeah, so I was, I, I could remember, I love that apartment. Uh, It was small, but it was mine. Of course. Yes. And, you know, did what I wanted, went to the gym. When I was a gym rat back then, right. you know, yeah. um, I worked, I worked two part-time jobs back then. And I just really was, um, you know, trying to get myself into shape. And right. I was training for a half marathon. Oh, good for you. Thank you. Uh, and so, yeah, life, life was great. And I had, somebody had said, and I decided, you know, I've been trying to, trying to find the man of my dreams right? Right, right and and so someone says write a petition at to god and 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 put it away so yeah, yeah, i had done that and yeah. i continued it my on my healing journey yeah and i think nine months into my having my own apartment i found my husband well, you did and how that I happened did. well you know <laughs> <laughs> data he says there are some there are some really horrible dating sites, which yes. I had found them all. Right. But then I, I've seen those. Just, <laughs> just as I was ready to give up, I said, OK, I found up on Facebook came up and this advertisement for Zeus came up uh-huh. and I said, OK, God, if this is it, then I give you three months. And if I don't find my husband in three months, I'm just meant to be single. OK, here we go. Here's the challenge. So, that's the challenge. Right. I made that petition. I so it. I get on there trying to figure out how the heck this works. I have no idea. This is a whole new beast. It's yeah. nothing like eHarmony or anything like right, that. Right, right. You have to you have to swipe and you have to do something and then to unlock something you have to pay or you have to wait a certain amount. I'm like, oh God, oh, here God. we go. You have to work at it. Jeez. All I right. had to work at it. All so right. he, <laughs> this guy's profile comes up and I'm looking at everything. I don't have I didn't have a lot of requirements but he had to be single he had to have a job good, he good. had to have some kind of belief system good and okay. you know a decent human being okay that's <laughs> you know, important yeah that's important non-negotiable there okay. not negotiable and um you know if he helps people that would would be even better right. but um but yeah like non-negotiables where you had to be single well mm-hmm. his profile comes up and it says separated oh, i'm like boy. 
swipe, swipe, swipe. You like, got no, out of it? Okay. No, I got out of it. And All right. next, you know, I hit the wrong damn button. <gasps> I did. I did. I hit the wrong button. He hates when I tell this part. I love this it, story. He he's he thinks that I take it as a bad sign. But anyways, so I hit the wrong button, and he pops up, and he says, he says, "Hey, how you doing? You know, you want to chat?" So I chat for a little bit. So because I had been on eHarmony and and Christian Mingle, and there was a lot of losers over there, and a lot of people that did not tell the truth. Yeah. Um. I asked him since he was local. I said, "Are you on Facebook?" Yeah. <laughs> so I asked him a bunch of questions, and I stalked his Facebook page, I and then that. I asked him questions that deliberately were on his Facebook page to see if he would lie to me or not. This he didn't is what know I you did. found his Facebook page. No, he had no idea. Right. He had okay. no idea. Okay. We weren't friends on Facebook back then. So that. he asked for my phone number. He says, "You know, I don't really want to be on this app. You know, can we?" Can we text? I'm like, oh, sure. Why not? I mean, why not? If nothing else, at least I'd have another friend in the world, right? That's yeah. that's how I went into this. Um, and so I had been talking to this other guy, too. And so this other guy says, well, hey, you know, at the time I was living in Chatham, this both of these guys lived in Windsor, okay. which is about an hour away. Well, it's an, for those of you Americans that have no clue where that is. So it's about an hour away. So I, I set up an appointment with with this other guy, doesn't he blow me off? I was just like, okay, whatever. That's a sign. And, and, okay. and that guy was the one that was a Christian. He has he was separated. He had he Oh, he was separated too. You didn't swipe that. No, one? I mean, no, no, he he was fully single. I mean, oh, okay. sorry. He was fully single. Okay. He's not separated, single. single. He's fully single. He had every requirement. Oh, he hit it all. And then and he, he had it all, and then he stood me up. Ah. So I thought, okay, no big deal. You know, obviously yeah. that's, it was not meant to be. Right. So I texted, I texted Joe and I, I said, Hey, you know, plans changed. I'm in town. Do you want to meet up? And, for, and he goes, I love that. Okay. We're at. And so I, I, we, we, we met at Boston pizza and I, okay. So my very first boyfriend, I had, he made me wait anywhere from an hour to three hours, which completely pissed me off. Yes. And I thought how disrespectful of you to even do that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I, my, I grew up with the mentality. My dad said, if you're 10 minutes early, you're late. I got so it. I was, I was early for, I've been 10 minutes early my entire life. All right. Except, That's a good habit to have. Uh Oh, Except for my first meeting with Joe. Oh, wow. don't, don't. Okay, so to yeah. calm my nerves, because all of a sudden yeah. nurse, nurse started coming in. Yeah. So I messaged one of my girlfriends that lives in Windsor, and I said, "Hey, Jessina, can you come meet me for a coffee or something? You know, I gotta calm down before I meet this guy." And uh, so she did. She wouldn't let me go, Drew. And Whoa. then, <laughs> and then, doesn't a train come up right just uh -huh. as i'm just as I, I told her christine get out of my car or justina get out of my car i gotta go you know i'm not gonna be late yeah. and i get out on the road and doesn't a damn train come and i'm oh, stuck yeah. behind this train so i pull into boston pizza and i am texting joe i'm like okay which vehicle is yours so he tells me the blue ram so gets out of the blue ram and I, by this time, like I had, I wanted to, you know, look good. So I had these boots on. Yeah. And so that made me look taller. 
So, you know, I go over to him. I said, hi. He says, hi, type thing. Mm. And he goes, oh, you're tall. And meanwhile, I'm not. But it's the boots that did the trick, right? And he's he's 6'1". Okay. And the first words out of his mouth are, you're late. I was just like, holy God, right? And and the first time. And I was just like, okay. So... What I had never told him was, well, and, until after, um, I had a, always asked my parents, how do you know it's the one? Yeah. And my parents would always say, you know, okay. you just know. Right. And I thought that was the biggest BS story of my life right. until it happened. Until it happened with you and, Joe. and Until it happened with Joe. And so we, we went in and, you know, he had a beer. Because I didn't realize, I didn't realize afterwards, this guy was so nervous and he had a head cold and he had just taken some medication at home Uh for the head cold. Yeah. And he had a couple beers at home before he came to meet me to calm his nerves down. I love it. Keep in mind, Joe is very much an introvert and, and really, you know, even to go out on this date was taking something, right? Um. So yeah, make a long story short. Yeah, that was we we met. We it's supposed to only been for an hour. I think we were like three hours in, and I was hinting, "Hey, let's go for a walk or something." Only he didn't get the hint, and I was just like, "So he went home, and I went home, and then he he's messaged me the entire the entire night." I'm like, "Dude, like, did you not catch that? I wanted didn't want the night to end," and he's just like, "Well, no, I'm sorry, I didn't." I love it. That's that's some guys. I'm telling you, you can't just give them hints. No, that's you gotta. Yeah, apparently, you gotta really tell you guys what you do right thinking. between the eyes. Yes, yes. Right between then, the eyes. Then you won't hear the word blindsided anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Wow. That All right. Was... So what are you what are you doing now for like professionally oh. and stuff? I mean, obviously, you're still with Joe. I get that, and everything's yes. good. Yes. Um, so what are you doing now professionally? Professionally, I am a bookkeeper by day uh-huh. and my but my um, what I am transitioning into is a full media production company is yeah. is what is the onset. And so at the moment, I have two shows that I'm producing and and hosting, mm-hmm. um, thinking of adding a third uh, oh, because okay. I am also a military um, or a veteran advocate. Uh-huh. Uh, and I love my military guys and women. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I really, really want to help and support them uh, right. like we have been for the last two years. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so with that, so we do the, um, we do the podcast. I also, uh, do professional interviews for mm-hmm. business owners right. and, uh, get some content for their social media, Good. um, you know, help them to be seen is the whole right. thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah that's that's what it's all about right now um and if anybody has wants help starting their own podcasting that's something else that we branch out into um you know a lot of people want to do it have no idea afraid to do it and then you call me and hire me and i do it for you right there you go (laughs) beautiful best way to outsource find somebody who knows what she's doing and uh and you're good to go and i can vouch for dorothy knowing what she's doing so two final questions and the first one is, so Dorothy, you're you're sitting with seven to ten year old Dorothy, and you want to give her advice about life. What are you going to tell seven to ten year old Dorothy? Mm, do what's in your heart. I love it. Don't listen to anybody else. 
Just listen to your heart and, and go after it. Love it. All right. You put a different hat on and now mm -hmm. you're with Dorothy, the young businesswoman entrepreneur, ready to go out into the world and, and uh, make a name for herself in business. What are you going to tell her in terms of business advice? Again, trust your gut. So many times, especially this last year, I've listened to other people mm -hmm. and gone down a rabbit hole. And if I just would have trusted myself, if I would have had the trust, faith and confidence in myself, mm. uh, I would be a lot further along than I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so definitely, um, no matter what people try and tell you, uh, just believe in yourself. Mm. Absolutely. 100%. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. All right. So people now i believe have captured the essence of dorothy graham odell and i love <laughs> it uh they're gonna want to reach out to you find you what is the best way for them to get in touch you to get more of what you do and who you are well i am uh heavily on linkedin so it's dorothy ann graham odell on linkedin and or my website uh, www.unstoppableovercomers.com um Everything that we do is on there as well. So, um, yeah. Or they can email me at, uh, what is my email? Dor uh, Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, Dorothy, D-O-R-O-T-H-Y, 408 at gmail.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you are an unstoppable overcomer, my friend. And I'm so grateful you're in my life and we're friends and Keep doing what you're doing, and this certainly won't be the last time we talk. Uh, in my head, I have an I, I have ideas of collaboration with the two of us, so we'll uh, we'll have to think that through when when the dust settles for us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm all about it. This is I've I've said for the last two years I'm all about collaborating. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think for, we go further together. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, thanks again for coming on. And, uh, you know, everybody out there, please link up with Dorothy, especially with the whole veteran thing, because I, I want to support our veterans, too. So have a wonderful day, everybody, and be well. Stay healthy. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, Please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.